Yeah. <laughs> well, this is Beach Week for us. <laughs> We're at Beach Week. It's, Beach. it's Beach Week. <laughs> Beach. And here's, here's the proof, right? My anchovia. My anchovia. <laughs> my anchovia. Oh, you don't remember my that last an- night? Joe, you don't remember that? Oh, my God. That my anchovia? Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming back to it's me all, now. It's, it's all, all coming right. back up again. Wow, man. Smell that? Let it roll. Oh, my it's the smell of victory. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we welcome you to season two of Acme Writing Academy. We're uh, coming to you live. From- That's right. We are actually live face to face for the first time ever. <laughs> and the last time ever. And the last, well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> the last the last time ever. Lots of side glances. I know, right? Like, we can, <laughs> we can look at each other. We don't have to wait for the two-second delay. Talk over each other. Of course, uh, we'll see if we have any content to match the... Well, we will. So, I, I don't know. What did, you guys, what did you guys do on your summer vacation? Anything fun? I went fishing. You catch some too, eh? Perch. Oh, hmm. that's good. But uh, they were all cleaning size perch. You know, you could make a meal out of them anyway. I love took that. My, took my two grandsons up Lake Winnebagosh. Did you guys do any riding? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I rode every day this summer. Did you? Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I really, I, I, I wrote more this last summer than I've written in years. I don't know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good, but I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. How about you, Marcello? Start a new project when I went to um, Argentina. May I flew to Miami and to Rosario. Spent the summer there, and I started a um, a English language newspaper called the Rosario Herald. Well, so are you editing it or writing it? Yes, or, and actually printing it out in your yep. bedroom. That's right. <laughs> and then do you walk down the street and in your Che Guevara T-shirt? No, I send I send a ten year old <laughs> wearing my Che Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And he's, yeah, he's uh, picking it up. Vivo el Marxismo, he yells. Yeah. <laughs> this automatically sells 20 copies. <laughs> Jesus. So the writing aspect of it is that um, I think I ran the idea past Mike, and he was like, um, well, get a manifesto written. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that. <laughs> but how many, how many characters are it so far? There are many. I just think I finished last week making up all these fiction fictional email accounts for each of my characters. So mm-hmm. they're like t- you know, emailing each other, but there's one guy who refuses to participate and insists on working only on facts or via facts. Or you know, via facts? You know, only, yeah, like he'll just send you a facts. Oh, I thought it was just like factual. Yeah. No, facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only you work on facts. A facsimile. <laughs> <laughs> just a facts, man. <laughs> yeah, and he works on an old um, military green Olivetti typewriter. When his grandfather left him, it was part of the, uh, the death squads in Argentina back in the 1980s. So he writes on that. Wow. Like, oh, guilt-driven. So yeah, I have a bunch of editors and fake... But the thing is, that the guys are, or whoever's participating in the actual newspaper, they're fictional, but the stories aren't. The actual mm-hmm. events, I would say more like invented pseudonyms. So you actually do have these email addresses. Oh, yes. On Yahoo or oh, yeah. Gmail or whatever. And they forget, like, when like when I send an email out to one of my... Ima- know, imaginary friends? Imaginary journalists. Uh-huh. And field, field workers. <laughs> and they start, like, you know, 
I'm sending. I'm actually doing sending it back to me, but they're they're in character, and so I actually get pissed off at them, or I start you know, telling them this is a piece of crap you you submitted. You need to get back out and do more field work, and it's actually interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You should (laughs) do like you know ten different Facebook accounts and have them arguing on on each other. One one guy was fired because he ended his his email with cheers. Why? Because cheers. Come on. Cheers. What? I say it all the time. It's like, who the fuck are you? I mean, hey. it, it, are you an Englishman now? <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> to, no, at the end of an email. Regards. Best. I hope this email finds you well. You're fired. <laughs> Am I, are you the person to whom I'm speaking? <laughs> <laughs> to whom I'm speaking? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's been, no, the manifestos and this works. It's kind of like a street. It's, uh, the, the interesting part is um, the Buenos Aires Herald was an actual paper, was the first English language newspaper in Argentina. And they shut down three years ago. No, two years ago. So I'm kind of replacing that. So it's all in English for, but Argentinian news and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Fecund. Does it have a political... Uh, oh, yeah. Fecund? It's it's fecund with news? <laughs> it's fecund with news. <laughs> Zaftig? Is it a Zaftig? Uh, <laughs> what you're saying is it's a fat volume. Yes. Yes. Look, we've bored Clark already. <laughs> No, he's no. over there reading. <laughs> I'm here because I'm here. honestly, uh, I was looking over the sh- the notes for our big opening show, and I, I'm looking at a complete blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. There, here it is. See, today's we, notes. We got nothing. We got nothing. And the question is, what do you do when you got nothing? Well. Well, we we talk about our summer vacation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Bullshitting English language newspaper. <laughs> Bullshitting. So, yeah. did you do any real writing, Marcello? Oh, I'd consider that to be real writing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than just playing with your imaginary friends online. Well, not imaginary when I'm writing. True enough. Because I thought I thought you were telling us earlier that that uh, you didn't you didn't like to write. You didn't. Ah. I guess it's the situations that you are told or, or expected to write in would be maybe like a workshop environment. I mean, years ago, I belonged to a writing group in, um, in North Miami that used to meet at FIU. And every two weeks, would go, I would go there and you would submit something and then you would get feedback from people. But I don't know, I just didn't feel inspired. Or I don't know, it's different. But when it's a real life, I think we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Situations that you're going to really write in. So what, what do you, I, I still don't mean, but like, so you just don't, you don't get inspired by what? Oh, what the, about, what's the fucking point? Well, I mean, I'm going to go to workshop. You know, it's like, I mean, are we, are we, if I'm working on something, yeah, I'm in Argentina, and I have to get this out. This is my last letter. This is something I need that needs to be written. Then, yeah, send send it to my my group and like, what do you guys think? I'm working on this and give me some feedback. Mm-hmm. And I got to get back to work now because two weeks before they take over the city. But the gendarmes are coming again because the right. narcos are taking over half the city. So we need to move. I mean, that's maybe my imaginary world working. But it, means, it seems more immediate. Mm-hmm. So you, you know? want them to just write emails of a factual nature almost, right? To each other. Pretty much. Instead of doing... So you, so you can't stomach doing like routine descriptions. 
can't stomach it. Dialogue tags, make reminding the reader that the characters are sitting in the room during dialogue, gazing like, at each other, shooting each other looks, yeah, feeling sick to their stomach, feel, yeah, any number of those things, yeah, yeah. burping. I, if you if you go in that mode, I just inevitable you're gonna write crap. It's like, I mean, are you really, is that something, I mean, I've, I'm MFA and went through the whole rigmarole of, you know, writing, which I love. I mean, setting scenes up and dialogue and, but after a while, it just, I don't know, you're in, you're music, a music guy, Rick. Mm-hmm. So it gets a point where you learn your chops, you know, play music. Yeah. But when it becomes your music, it's, you know, think about scene or dialogue or right. Or what's, what's. Uh, com- yeah. At, at the moment of conception i guess i'm basically just noodling around right maybe not giving it much thought and then right i'll, I'll think oh well that's kind of cool let me repeat that you pick up a tune yeah in, in, in the case of what you play there's a sense that sounds familiar you know like when you play that that's why you've been able right. to succeed at it oh know? yeah it's funny you know even even my daughter uh notice notices you know i play around the house and stuff and I always have when she was little I wrote little songs for her and stuff mm-hmm. and and uh, she she always said she could you know tell blindfolded that it was me playing mm. right and she's yeah. she's told me this for years and and then I she's 22 now and I was just visiting her in Denver and I said so so what is it that that lets you know that it's just that it's me playing she says I don't know you you always sound like you're playing like you're a little bit drunk <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> but this is, that's I, different. But like you're, when you play, you're not playing some discordant thing where notes are being combined in ways that they had never heretofore been. Sometimes. Well, see, like, but like what you're saying, Marcello, is like the, you know, like, like you play one, four, five, one chord progression or whatever. Something that's, that resolves itself in a way people expect, kind of, right? That's. That's how you write a nice song because it it has to resolve itself in mm-hmm. some way, right? Right. And like, well, if you want to tell maybe. a story, like I think, like the the stock elements of writing, the dialogue tags, the routine descriptions in particular. That's I think that you don't like that that you have to set a scene and right. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, when you set the scene, you have to have a certain types of things in it. You know, you got to place metaphors and all that. Right. You know, but yet the the reader expects that. And like I think of like my favorite novels, I'll do it too. You know, I think like well, Dostoevsky, get... it's all stock in that sense. Right, but Dostoevsky was. I think we were talking. I was talking to Clark about Dostoevsky and Dickens, right? Yeah, they were you know churning out these thirty-page monthly serials. Serials. Yep. And it was they were making money. That was a, yeah. Yeah. And he was a gambler, and he was he needed to pay his you know he was in, you know, in debt. His brother had a had the newspaper. His brother published some a lot of Dostoevsky's um, um, journals and and like, and mm-hmm. that sense of immediacy. Yeah, I think that if, if I'm writing as a professional and I'm something at stake, you're going to write in the form that you need to write. That's right. Like the music, you're going to you're going to write you're going to write your music in a way where it's identifiable. I don't think that even that should be like second nature. I'm just not well, that I'm not at that point where I'm Dostoevsky and I feel the well, immediacy to do something. That's my fault. I think when you're doing it the best, you're making decisions that only you would make. Right. But generally speaking, you're not. One is not. Like I, you know, if I'm sitting down writing, I might by unconsciously be writing in the in a three-minute pop song format, 
and you know have a nice verse and then I find something worth repeating and so then oh so that's the chorus so that has to happen twice right and the second time it has to be bigger and then you got your AB happening and then so you don't get bored two-thirds of the way through you put in a bridge you know and so this is kind of a con conventional way of thinking about a pop song and and then you just don't you're not even necessarily thinking about it that's just your modus operandi for for doing it but then at the end of the day all you have is a pop song mm -hmm. you know you don't have so you're you're a, you're a heavy metal band and you're not led zeppelin to right. call back to you know one of our previous things well it always comes back to personal style doesn't it yeah this is what you're talking about uh, uh, uh creating music is the same thing as creating you know words on a page getting back with our first thought of I got nothing. You know, what do you do when you got nothing? Like you were just saying, yeah, you sit down at the keyboard and you start noodling around and pretty soon a tune starts coming to you. Or you not. Know, or not. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing with writing, you know. You've got yeah. nothing. Maybe sit down and start writing some sentences. You know, just write some sentences that sound good to you. Yeah. And uh, things start to loosen up. I don't know. That works for me. I'm sure it doesn't work for everybody, but uh, it's the same with music. You're noodling around until you find something that you like and you want to expand on it. Yeah. I think noodling and music is just huge. You could tell like I was trying to noodle around on a piano here. Yeah. You know? And like I just haven't played I haven't played in years, you know. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean at one point I was really super fluent. Not not like Rick fluent, but I could I could play fast runs and stuff. I could never play yeah. fast runs. I mean and that was I was like I was like Mike Chick Korea Magnuson, so I had that little bit of you know. Did you, you say you what? You were a chick magnet? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm a chick Korea magnet. I love chick Korea man. I was able to play lots of stuff like that and McCoy Tyner imitations and whatever that was really hard to do. Play Scott Joplin because I played all the time. I yeah. played every day for hours. Yeah, and I think like the writing discipline produces the same kind of thing you know like it, like i've just i can feel this happening with my writing lately now that i've been putting in the time day after day you know working on this big book you know that i i feel like my sentence my idea how to manage a scene gets better on yeah. a daily basis you know yeah i think and, i think the writing gets easier when you the the more you just keep hitting it keep hitting it keep hitting it right. pretty soon you know, you've hit your stride. The writing starts coming easier. Um, it's a remarkable thing when it happens. Because yeah. you can be sitting there just tripping all over the place. Stinky, you can't get out of your own way. And then suddenly you strike on something and you go, whoa, there it is right there. Let's go with that. Yeah, it's a mystery. You're not satisfied, Martello. You're over there. I, I can see you stewing. <laughs> Got nothing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> well, what do you do when you have nothing what, what do I do start reading don't write anything and hope that I can I start writing again it's a different style that, that doesn't annoy me as my previous style hmm. as much they, can we jump around in topic absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> don't make me turn your mic off said the lizard king <laughs> yeah we can jump around sure I mean, we got nothing. What do we got to lose? When you ain't got nothing, you ain't got nothing to lose. Hey, that's there's an idea for a song. Yeah, he got nothing. Go for to it. Lose. Yeah, I know a good lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> appropriation. That would be the second person to write that song, like Pierre Menard. 
Pirmenhard. Writing like a Rolling Stone. Don Quixote, then Don yeah. Quixote. Pirmenhard, author of Like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> to, to all of our listeners, there's no way to explain that joke unless you go read the Borges yeah. short story. Pirmenhard. Jorge Luis Borges. You know, we talk about having nothing or having to write about somebody's somebody's expectations. And that story in particular, I just I just think if you turn that into a workshop. Oh, if you turn that Borges story in? You, you, it, it, crucifying would be a light sentence. Like you wish they would crucify you. You know? <laughs> they would want Please hell. kill me. <laughs> That's not possible. He, they, they didn't really write the Quixote, every exact word. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do it. I don't believe that this that he would even tell us that. Wait a minute, it's magical realism. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah especially put a name like Charisma in there, no, there ain't no magical realism. <laughs> it's, yeah, right? it's, it's magical ma- Christmas. Magic- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I laugh at your jokes even though I don't understand them. That's, I think that's a, that's a learned trait. So, I like this. The uh, genesis of an idea. Well, I don't know. That's what we're talking about, so, right? So, like, there's two schools of thought then. So, either you got nothing and then you just, just by exercise, by maintaining your, the yoga practice of your writing, showing up to the desk each day and pounding it out, you're going to get something. Is gonna, you got the, you're going to turn yourself into the 40 monkeys with the 40 typewriters yeah, that's right. aiming to get Shakespeare, right? Yeah, right. Or... You can actually have something you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. So, like, I, I, all right. The only reason I got I went over to get my computer is because I remember one day I was sitting down. And I'm thinking, you know what? I need to start a new short story because mm-hmm. I was getting tired of le- looking at the other shit. Mm-hmm. I had no idea for a short story. I said, well, you know, I'm just going to write a couple sentences and see where it goes. And so I just out of out of nowhere, I just wrote this. The gods parachute down from the sky, thousands of them breezing, breezing across the Mojave like dandelion spores, tiny and manlike, waving and calling out to each other in helium voices. They tumbleweed through the scrub, their shoots snagging on Joshua trees and tinder dry sagebrush. Barely six inches tall, they carry backpacks almost as big as them, and now they pull rods and wheels and little wrenches and assemble tiny cars with oversized tires, perfect for the rough desert floor. And before you know it, they're speeding off in all directions, some bumping along the shoulder of Route 14 towards the mountains, others heading south to what's left of Los Angeles. Nice. I had no idea. I have no idea what that means oh. when I'm writing it, right? But it's just like one sentence followed the other. You can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all that matters. And yeah. now I'm now I'm in it. Now yeah. I'm screwed. I got to write the fucking story, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't understand why. Why is the narrator telling the story? Why is why, <laughs> what's it na- what's at stake for the narrator? Exactly. <laughs> is, is there truly a Joshua tree in that area? I is, don't know. Uh, is there an arc? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think it was a parabolic arc when they were parachuting in. Can't you find a more contemporary word for wheels? Right? Oh, yeah. Dude, the yeah the, wait, does Route 14 actually go to the mountains? Who cares? No. <laughs> Listen, in this story, it fucking does. There you go. Yeah. That's right. it. That's the truth, too. Oh, my, only, my, Pretty only, nuts. my only gripe is, is I like reading true stories. This is true. Is it a true story? It's true. Based on fact? Yes. It actually happened. Who's kicking? Not me. <laughs> yeah, see? That's the way he neutralizes you. That's right. 
So Rick's like, so you made what, were you say, what were you saying? What, what, did you have a comment, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that you mentioned it. I didn't. I got nothing. Fucking. Whoa, fucking. Oh, man. Plays the fucking card. <laughs> that was mocking. I never have any ideas. The whole true story crap. You never the, have any ideas? Nope. I, I don't I, either. I never have any. I think even if I work hard on, on something and create something, I still got nothing. I, I never have an idea until I actually write a sentence. I mean, sometimes, but usually if I have an idea for a story, then it's this dreary thing of like marching your characters around to, to realize your idea. Well, that's the thing you is. Know, maybe, maybe just, you know, not worry about the idea so much. And when is it not like, going to be that? What do you mean? You know, I mean, life, has it's been said, is just a dreary interval between birth and death. McCartney? <laughs> that was Michael Jackson. <laughs> what? So, I mean, you can look at it like that, you know? Yeah, man. I know, I just got to I, I write another description. You know, oh, what am I going to do with this character for another 45 pages? Oh, I got to go back into the bar, transition. Oh, oh, yeah. oh who's oh, in no. the bar? The so, what you doing tomorrow? Oh, I got to work on this chapter. Fuck. However, those great, satisfying novels... Somebody went through that for you. That writer suffered through all those routine, boring-ass, slug-it-out, factory-work-type jobs involved in putting together a long piece of writing. You can't ignore it. That is a fact. That's a, you know, that, that's just that's the ultimate. If you write long fiction, you can't ignore it. It's it has fun. to be done, and yes, at times it is fucking boring. You get sick of that. You, know, you start feeling like you're getting repetitious or whatever, but it has to be done. You got to set it you all up. You have to do your, your setting of the scene you due do the diligence. Leg, you got to do the legwork. Or not. I don't think Mark is totally down with this. Why are you doing it? Well, that's exactly. To create a world for the reader. No, it's a working class mentality that we have. We're writing from a middle class sensibility. So when we, when we write something in the U.S., it's got to be felt like we worked through it. The setting was established. I put time into this. I, did, you know, I wrote. I, I did the job. You know, yeah, they, they, yeah. all this kind of crap. It's like, okay, great, but is that going to produce something that's worth reading? Who knows? Who Sometimes it is. It does. Yeah. Depends on who's reading it. Yeah. <laughs> if it's my mom, she wants, you know, she wants a plot. She wants good What's description. Beach, beach we, reading? You go to the beach and we, you sit back and I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and all those books are written the routine. In, with stock locutions, you know, it's just, it's just real familiar language familiar sentence structures and the reader expects it and if you're not doing it if you're getting all writ like whatever he was reading before you know your your Danielle Steele reader is going to be like what the fuck is that right <laughs> or maybe they'll go cool little six inch gods right <laughs> he's talking coming, about coming penises. down like dandelion spores that's he's fucking talking cool. about penises <laughs> see this is this is the decline of the American male no 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 I didn't say 12 inch gods no, you're 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 doing it. You're probably exaggerating it when you go to six. <laughs> All right, somebody turn on the video camera. Let's settle this We're right now. Night now. <laughs> hey, put up or shut up, time. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's that bumping my mic? <laughs> oh man. This yeah. is what happens when you have nothing. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> right? It's really pathetic. You exaggerated. You know what? This 
before we slide all the way off the cliff with this one, <laughs> we have good. We got let's, let's let's take a break, okay? Yeah, let's do it, uh, and uh, we'll be right back all right. with more of nothing. Just a reminder to you, the listener, that you are invited to send your comments, criticisms, and questions to the Acme Mailbag at this easy-to-remember address, acmewritingacademy at gmail.com. We'll be reaching into the mailbag to possibly give you the chance to pose your question on the air to the members of the Academy. So give us a shout, acmewritingacademy at gmail.com. Summer, didn't you uh, didn't you change your writing habit? Well, you yep. started writing in longhand. Your yep. computer went down and uh, started writing in longhand, and now you've that's come ba- to enjoy it, right? Yeah, and basically that's what I do. I, I write out, you know, multiple chapters at a time by hand, and then I type them into the word processor, and I change it when I type it in. But that's become my process. Is I have something I have something similar. To what Martello has. It's maybe for different reasons. Maybe, I think for me, I get distracted at the keyboard because there's just so much more fun shit on the other side of Microsoft Word, you know? Yeah. Like, man, there's, you know, there's the news. And there's God only knows what else, right? But, like, I, I can't sit and compose at the keyboard right now. I just, I, I, it's, I just, well, I, I'll write a couple of sentences and I'll, you know, mm-hmm. whereas if I take my notepad, out in front of the house or out, you know, just out in the kitchen table or something, I can write for a whole hour uninterrupted. Hmm. You know, no phone, just freaking... And you write by hand for an hour. It's crazy. You know, I've written like 40,000 words recently, mm-hmm. composed by hand, more than 40,000. Take a long time to type those bitches in, let me tell you. I'm doing the math, too, considering your vocabulary is 538 words. Yeah, that goes into forty thousand. So how many times per word? <laughs> yeah, <Dude>. man. <laughs> you yeah. were Bastille Day last year. He told us what his word count was in his vocabulary. Who did? Magnuson. Yeah, uh, th- well, yeah. He does it all with five hundred thirty-eight words. All he knows. Small vocabulary. <laughs> 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 That's why I have a race car. Where's your six shooter? A <laughs> 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 pea shooter. <laughs> Yeah, I like, but you know that 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 was just something to get going, you know, like anything to get going. Fuck to, yeah! Anything to stop looking at a fucking blank white yes. sheet of paper or this this blank screen. Record. Anything. You're right. I hate fucking writing. If you want to, but at least right. you've got something on the screen. Did I tell you and then at least you can ask yourself, why do I hate yeah, fucking writing? And there's your second it. sentence. Yeah. Right? So yeah. when I was a my first English composition class I ever taught. I had my students write journals, typewritten journals, okay, that they had to give me. And I, and I was like, okay, now if you really get bored, you know, and you can't stand doing it, you can just write turd, turd, turd over and over again, and I'll accept that. Like, you know what? I think you wrote 
Didn't you write that on page 18 of your current novel? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's actually <laughs> chapter four, five, and nine. <laughs> Just turned, 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 turned. turned. <laughs> no, so the kid did this. He gave me, he had to turn it, it was like 30 pages of, of turd? turd, 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 with a comma in between each one. And he spelt it wrong. Every time. T-E-R-D. T-I-R-D. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many per page, but, you know, we're talking 750 times third. That's a lot of fuck up, son. Have you ever heard of... I gave him an A. <laughs> of course. Of you course. have to. You have to. You have yeah, to. Do you know the writer William Kotzwinkel? <laughs> I know. It's a funny name, right? <laughs> he said duty. <laughs> Coxwinkle? William Coxwinkle. Yeah. He, <laughs> I'd hate to grow up with he's that. Got a, he's got a collection of short stories called Elephant Bangs Train. Why not? Uh, he's the, got a, a great oh, novel. Oh, the short story, The Wrinkled Nose. <laughs> that's that's uh, Skip Van Winkle you're thinking of. That's <laughs> The short story with the wrinkled nose? That's yeah. Chekhov, isn't it? A wrinkle the in lady my, with the a wrinkle wrinkle. time. That's that's it. Oh, wrinkle, a wrinkle in time. The lady with that's the, a little, yeah, the small dog. dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lady with the small dog, yeah. isn't it? Yes, twelve-inch dog. The lady with the small dog. penis. Yes, no. Small the, penis. That would she be the way. To, penis guy maybe the Chekhov story ti- title has been mistranslated. Maybe it is the lady with the small. T- <laughs> the twelve. I, 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 had to, I had to stop teaching Chekhov. That's my right. class would laugh at I said the guy's name. Chekhov. Ah. Hey, a, little, a lap dog by Chekhov. That's what he said. Chekhov. <laughs> That's why they never teach Godswinkle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nobody can take it. But yeah. anyhow, he no. wrote a book called The Fan Man, and it's about this kind of. Really, kind of like the dude, you know, oh, the dude about, sure. but he's yeah. he's up in the village, Greenwich Village, back in the day, wandering around in his robe, and and anyhow, one of the chapters is called Dorky Day, mm-hmm. and all you do on Dorky Day is say Dorky, and so it's chapter seven, Dorky Day, and then it's like five pages of Dorky, just like your guy, Dorky, 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 Dorky. So you should have flunked that guy because that was plagiarism. No, he was stealing. This kid was stealing from Cotswinkle. That doesn't seem right at all. He came you from a dirt farm. If you don't read. No. <laughs> true that. No, Gosh. his family farming dirt in southern Minnesota. He was the first person to ever go to college. <laughs> <laughs> the only book he ever read. By Cotswinkle. <laughs> the only book, yeah. Was the Cotswinkle master. After he finished with Chekhov. Oh. Uh, so. So what we're getting at to, in is the back end of the idea is bring what, it back home. At at mm-hmm. some point, you have nothing. Yep. And at some point thereafter, you have something. And maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. Where does that tra- Where does that trans transition point happen? You know, what is the genesis of an idea? What I'm well, certainly on. not here. <laughs> No, what I'm working on, yeah. the book I'm working on right now started with one sentence. Yeah. The opening sentence. You remember I, what it was? I, yeah, the day uh, Floyd Stiles showed up at our door. Oh, yeah. first. Um, for some reason, I had been hearing that sentence in my head for years. And it, I sat down. I had nothing. And I wrote that sentence little by little, you know. Mm-hmm. Putting up the pyramids, block by block. It's, it's uh, the ideas start coming. You start expanding your characters' lives, you know, and it all starts 
with that first freaking sentence. It sounds like corny that. as hell, but it starts with that first sentence. Well, you know, thinking about the genesis of an idea, I thought, well, maybe we should go back and see how God did it, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm not a religious person, but it's a pretty, you know, we have this book. <laughs> I've heard let's, of it. Let's, let's hear its open sen- opening sentence. I've heard of it. <laughs> In the beginning, when God created the heaven and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, so yeah. here we got like we have burgeoning nothingness. Yeah. It's it's kind of condensing. Mm. But wait a second, man. Then God there, split. He refers to waters as if they existed before He done anything to it. Oh, we're on to that. So God came here after the planet was already made. No, no. The first line is in the beginning, when God created. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Right. Could be a bad translation. And on the okay, eighth day, okay, is this memoir or fiction? <laughs> That's another discussion. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to revisit. We're going to do that show, and we're going to revisit this this passage. Yeah. On the eighth uh, day, God just kind of puttered around the house. But but it's like every one of these verses says, "And God saw the light. God called the light day. And God said, let there be a dome.' So God made the dome. God called the dome sky. And God said, God so, called the dry land earth. So he's." <laughs> He's literally world building. Well, right? He's, right. Yeah. He's doing the thing that Marcello hates to do. God is suddenly like, well, okay, we've got a planet, and we've got air on it and water, and we're going to put some people on it. There you go. And then the story takes off, and then the, the people come, and they do all kinds of really interesting things. Right, and right? eventually you're at Second Kings, and you're like, oh, my God, this is out of control. This is a bad idea. <laughs> this is a bad idea. I know, right? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me kill Let's try people again. There. In the second beginning. <laughs> right. So, so it's time for 40 days of rain, and let's just clean yeah. this mess yeah, up. Man. Starting over. That's Starting, that's totally. yeah. Starting We've over all here. experienced that. You know, yeah. when I first started writing, I wrote 150. 50 pages of a novel and it was you know <laughs> the to, novel you write to learn how to not write on how to write a novel you're suggesting that it's terrible that the book of genesis or it's like kind of like the blueprint for creativity or uh, yeah, you gotta make shit you gotta make shit right See, it's it's built into our oh, consciousness he, that something has to be made. Right. It can't just, just be there all the time. Work. That's what I'm thinking. I think so, too. <laughs> try to get out of work. He's trying to get out of doing any work. Oh, it's all bullshit. I don't want to Why do this routine stuff? Well, yeah. <laughs> Put the slice of pizza in the oven. Okay. Eat it up and give it to the fucker. How <laughs> a cocoa noise. <laughs> <laughs> we need wet clam sauce and a coconut ice. <laughs> greatest tag, greatest line of dialogue ever. Fast Times, Regiment High. What is it? Uh, the lady will have a linguine wet clam sauce and a coconut ice. It's in Fast Times, Regiment High. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to be cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should be analyzing well, that. Well, I think so, too. Yes. <laughs> like, what? Clam sauce? <laughs> no ice? Oh, no. I know. In the beginning? The waters? <laughs> so she wouldn't be chewing ice. Hmm. Hmm. When but, God there, cre- but there when, is the clam sauce. When God created the... <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> technical, technical foul. Oh. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so we can, well, I think we can say... <laughs> no. I mean, we're, we're it's recording... Book of, it's in the book of Deuteronomy. You said, du- you said duty? <laughs> he said duty. Uh, oh, after the Kavanaugh hearings, oh man, like, uh, like, like, who cares what you say? 
<laughs> There's nothing you can't say to put yourself ahead of somebody else. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to put ourselves ahead of other writing podcasts. Well, we're doing so, a great job. <laughs> we can, I'm doing a great job of getting out of doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. I like that. We got nothing and we're proud of it. That's right. That's right. They don't call us Acme for nothing. I'm good at holding up the wall. I think you need to think about that, though. Good de facto Genesis story as an impetus for uh, writing. Yeah. It's not even a metaphor, really. It's No, it's... It's an archetype. It's some scribes and, you know, they're putting together, especially the King James Bible, I mean, the story behind that mess. You know, I mean, it's basically honor thy king. And yeah. they, started tra- they started revamping the, the translations to emphasize king, kingdom, work. Even God well, was doing nothing and he got the work. So it gets your ass to work for the king. You know, God self-sacrifices his son. You shall sacrifice your life. For what the king? So, uh, uh, and then you know, we, we get we get into the de facto mode, and when we write, and I think that's sometimes for me to when I find a way to get out of something, uh, I use that as an excuse. It's well, like, like it's like, what the why the fuck am I writing this for? That's I get that feeling a lot too, and I hate that feeling because sometimes I think that I I'm just you know it's the suspension of disbelief. Coleridge's suspension of disbelief. I, I, I've somehow convinced myself that it's important to write this short story. Right. And why is it important? See, that's always a good question, because I never really have an idea I'm trying to get across, although often one occurs by accident in the process of doing it. So you're, you're, I'm very susceptible to the idea that, why are you wasting your time doing this? Then I think, well, well, I don't know, maybe somebody will read it and they'll like it. So why should I care about that? Why should I care about anything? I think I'm just depressed. <laughs> well, there's there's always that. There is that, you know, especially when you're working with something so intangible like making up a story. Yeah, you know, and it's just like, whoop, oh, it's gone. I think a lot of it comes down to pride. You know, your your writing. If you're not proud of your abilities, proud of of uh, the kinds of stories you can tell. <laughs> I never think when I'm writing. I never think. Of an audience, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't think, oh, I'm writing for this specific audience, a reader or whatever. No, neither. I don't even really think, at the time, that anybody else is ever going to read this and maybe want to do anything with it. But it's pride. It's pride in what I'm doing, and I want to try and do it well, if for no other reason than to please myself, my own sense of self worth, my own sense of pride. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what keeps me going, going through it. Uh, like I said earlier, I said I, after I pass fifty pages or hit fifty pages, I'm in now. You know, I, I can't back out. Whether it's a stinker or not, I'm going to do my level best to make it as good as I can mm-hmm. and see it through. Uh, that's that's just that's me. You know, there's pride involved. So I don't I don't want to let myself down. Let me tell you this: in my life, I've let myself down. Too many times, yeah. You know, and I look back on my life and think many times. You know, that late at night when you can't go back to sleep, you lay in there and you start thinking, "Why in the hell did I do that in that situation? I had a choice to go a different way, but why did I go back and do that?" Yeah. You know, it's it's there's a pride in not letting yourself down, and if you're going to do this, you know, you've got to want to do it for no other reason. Do it for yourself. 
you know what good writing is, you know. We all know what good writing is because we've all read it. And we've hopefully attained it, some measure of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, do you, when you write, do you, do you write for an audience or do you just write, write to amuse yourself? You know, I, I think that's, that's changing. You know, mm-hmm. clearly when I've been paid to write stuff for magazines, you know. Yeah, yeah. you have to, have to write for that writing audience. writing for an audience, and that's, you know sort of who they are. You right, know? but aren't you still writing yeah. to entertain yourself as well? I, I don't think so much in that really? environment, because I'm not sure I would think of going and, like, riding a 100-mile difficult thing on dirt roads or whatever. Oh, so you're talking about an essay you might write for uh, Bicycle Magazine? Yeah, or yeah. anything, any experiential journalism. I do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You'll do something and write about it. Right. You know? right. Like, I, I wouldn't really want to write about that. Like, you know, we you came wouldn't. out here to, to to Venice to record and hang out in Santa Monica and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't feel like, you know what I mean? I'm going to write about it. Yeah. Hmm. Me, I don't know, maybe. maybe. I'm going to write about it in my memoir. I'm gonna, first of all, I'm going to put it on my calendar. Which no, I will save. So like, <laughs> yeah, make sure you write Beach Week. You know, yeah, I Beach got... Week with uh, Squid, El Clarko, yeah, yeah. Ricky Vasquez, <laughs> Chef Squid, and and the Magnetron. <laughs> yeah. Man, I got, I lost I lost track on that, and I I didn't mean to. You know, I think that that when you write for a specific paid job, mm-hmm. you have to right. provide a product to a given audience. Then the rest of the time, if you're just making art, as it were, you're not supposed to think about an audience. I mean, really, it should be to turn your own crank. You I know? think so. That's what However, I was going get to get at. Recently, we've been doing workshop. You know, mm-hmm. the Acme Writing Academy workshop where we're turning stuff into each other, yep. you know. And I found after three rounds we've done of it, which is kind of a lot and long amount of pages from each of us and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, I'm, I'm writing for you guys. Hmm. So like I right I'm now I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, but you have to, you have to, you're paying and pain and suffering. I know, know. <laughs> having to put up with his ass while he's writing this long, convoluted. Yeah, yeah. but I mean that's because I. And then I'm thinking, well, if I can make you guys laugh, you know, and not annoy you, so and it, it's changed a lot, you know. Right. Like right. I, I know I'm, you guys are laughing at stuff, but then sometimes like, oh, you land on that joke. I got a character in my. <laughs> book named Chuck Butts, B-U-T-Z, which is stupid, but there are actually a quite a number of Butts families where, in, where I live. It's a fairly common name, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's like, there is a guy yeah. named Chuck Butts. But now I'm watching yeah. it, though, because I, I, I can't run 500 Chuck Butts no. jokes. No. no, you can run, like, no. one. Oh, see, I was thinking more <laughs> like 420. <laughs> 420. They, see, now, I think you just made a, a writerly error there where you said oh, fancy that. you're trying to convince us that it's okay to do this because it happens in the real world because there really is a guy named chuck butts but that's not that doesn't make it funnier or more useful of the fact no that there I'm, is a, I'm just trying to justify i'm trying to explain away the criticism that you guys heap on me <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, we, well, don't worry we got plenty you know the workshop this start. is one thing where it's not true that we got nothing oh yeah <laughs> yeah they tee it up yeah we got opinions yeah clark starts you know i'm really disappointed with these pages <laughs> oh man i know <laughs> 
Ouch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, they say make the largest argument in the beginning, and then all the little points will stick to it. So this sucks. Here's why. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get read about a fucking cop, are you? <laughs> That's right, motherfucker. Not a cop novel. Oh, God. Jeez. She shoots oh. somebody in the first chapter. Oh. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh. The gun goes off in the first chapter. Yeah. Right. The end. He shows it and shoots it. He <laughs> shoots it. No, it's serious work. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, it, it can be serious work. You know, not everything's a fart joke. No. Well, but there. This is the thing: is you can't deny the tediousness ones. involved in the project. The, there, there's no way to escape that. Mm. Anybody who tells me that they stayed up late writing last night in a frenzy and it was, it was so amazing, they're, they're, they may be telling you the truth, but they're deluded about what really occurred, you know? They were just in a, like, a, you know, they were whipping their pudding, as we have said on many occasions. Oh, they're going to have to go back and do the legwork. Yeah. They may have gotten some great words out on the page, but if you don't go back and do the legwork and set up the tedious shit... What about shit like national novel, write a novel in a month, month? Oh, gimmicks. Yeah. Yeah. Gimmick. <clears throat> you guys ever try it? Would you? It's November. Mm. I know. I'm busy mm. growing a mustache. <laughs> On your ass? <laughs> I'm busy growing a mushroom. No, I'm sh- <laughs> It's taking oh, sh- forever to grow my mushroom. A champi- <laughs> Are you growing a champignon? A champignon? That takes, that's a little quick faster, but the mushroom's taking forever. <laughs> maybe, it's not a feckend, maybe it's not a fecund environment for mushrooms. Doesn't mushroom have something to do with Trump's? <laughs> yeah. Storm, Never heard of them. Stormy Daniels said it looked like that mushroom in uh, Super Mario. And now nobody wants to be that character on Mario Kart. <laughs> nah, I don't want to be Trump's dick. No. no he knows what, what was it? Which one was yeah. it? Anchovia. 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 Don't cry for Anchovia. me. Anchovia. We're going to go off and have a uh, drink or a toke or a bite of dinner. And we suggest that you, the listener, do as well. Meanwhile, we all agree to reconvene right back here for episode two, which in some universe is already in progress. Thanks for listening. Happy writing. Where's your six shooter? Looks like spring enters like a zaftig.